Good morning, everyone. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We come from scattered lives to worship God, whether guided in our worship by podcast or by paper transcript. We seek to come together in fellowship with Christ by his Spirit, seeking his grace and seeking the peace of God the Father. Lord, you are gracious and compassionate, long-suffering and ever-faithful. You are good to all and your compassion rests upon all your creatures. We remind ourselves of all of your mercies that are new every morning and your faithfulness that never comes to an end. Father, your power is at work in us to make us anew into the likeness of your Son. Touch our lives today afresh by your Holy Spirit as we listen to your word. Fill our lives with renewed hope. Receive our worship and our love. Holy God, giver of light and grace, we confess to you our sins, that we've sinned against you and against one another, through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have belittled your love, we have betrayed your trust. Lord, help us at this time not to allow our fears and our hurts and our confusion to quench the hope and the faith that we have in you. Forgive us, we pray, and lead us from darkness to walk as children of the light. Jesus died and rose for you. Receive his grace and forgiveness. Receive God's peace. He says to you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Our first reading, our Old Testament reading for this Sunday, the 29th of March, is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, and we're reading verses 1 through to 14. Hear the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. 
Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. And our New Testament reading is from the Gospel of John. It's John chapter 11 about the raising of Lazarus from the dead. You may like to read the whole story in your own time, but I'll just pick up from verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, <clears throat> I did, not, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he'd said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And may God bless to us these readings from his word. It's been another extraordinary week we're still adjusting, I think, to not being gathered together for our Sunday worship in our lovely building, but we are still church. Our gatherings, our gatherings might be cancelled, but church can never be cancelled. We're simply no longer gathering, but we are like salt shaken out of the salt cellar. We're scattered, each one of us, to witness to our faith and hope in God in these new and different circumstances. And of course, being scattered is nothing new for God's people. After their beautiful temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, God's people soon adapted. And they adapted by shifting from worship that was focused on the temple to worship in smaller synagogue communities. In the early days of the church too, the first Christians had to learn new ways of worshipping in the places to which they were scattered, often in private homes sometimes in secret. The venues changed, but God's true worshippers continued to worship in spirit. And now today, here we are in this new situation where we're having to learn what it is to love our neighbour by maintaining social distancing, but at the same time showing that social distancing doesn't need to mean being distanced socially. There are, are plenty of ways of keeping in touch, even if you don't have a smartphone or an internet connection. But surely most important of all, most vital at this time is maintaining our daily communication with God through taking time to meditate on his word and through taking time to pray and to listen and just to be in his presence, to pray that he will lead us through these dark days. 
last Sunday, our focus on the 23rd Psalm, led us to reflect upon the deep valleys that we sometimes find ourselves in as we travel through life. And the comfort of knowing the Lord, our shepherd, is right with us to allay our fears, even leading us in those valleys to pleasant places of renewal, places of refreshment. And this week's Lent reading also takes us into a valley. And if last week was a reminder to us that valleys can sometimes be peaceful and tranquil places, this week's valley shows us that they can also be dark and dangerous. And we need to face that. Ezekiel sees before him something altogether more bleak. There are no green pastures here, no quiet pools. Instead, this vast valley floor is strewn with a great many bones. The image suggests that an army has once passed through this valley, and as it did so, it has been ambushed and slaughtered, and all that remains now is bare, dry bones. What a desolate, bleak picture, as bleak as anything you can imagine. And this is the vision that God presented to Ezekiel, who at that moment in time was himself in a very hopeless, bleak place. Ezekiel was a prophet and he was also a priest, but his people at that time were a a defeated people who'd lost everything and for whom it seemed that their God had done nothing to protect them. Doubtless, Ezekiel longed in his heart to give his people some hope, to keep hope alive. But what hope could he possibly find? All they had known and cherished was now long destroyed. And so this vision was a very good reflection of where Ezekiel found himself right then and and where God's people were in this bleak valley filled with despair and desolation. But the point of this vision is not to scare us, nor is it to frighten us. It's to show us that even the bleakest of situations imaginable, even in those places where hope seems impossible, God does the impossible. He takes these dry bones and he makes them come to life. Bones connecting together with bone, then connecting tendons and sinews and flesh and skin, until finally in this vision, God puts breath into these bodies and they live again, standing on their feet, a vast army. It's a crazy picture, almost like something out of a Hollywood movie. But it's a vision given by God to Ezekiel for a reason, a sign that even in this bleakest of times, this this bleakest of situations imaginable, the vision that the Spirit of the Lord gives to Ezekiel is one of hope. Hope that even in the desolation of this valley, despite all that Ezekiel and all God's people have lived through in recent times, God was still there with his power to bring good out of the bleakest of situations. He's there to restore. He's there to resurrect. I will bring you up and put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. That's a a powerful picture for us at this time. No matter how bleak things may get in coming weeks, God continues to give us, his people, hope, resurrection hope. Not just the hope that we'll bounce back, that our economy will recover, 
that businesses will reopen, that things will get back to where they were before and everything will be okay, although that's uh, what we all hope for. But hope that it's God himself who restores his people through his word to them. His spirit breathed into them, giving them life. And the emphasis is on God's spirit here, not on the flesh and bones, but the life-giving spirit of God. And where the spirit is at work, creation happens. New creation, new beginnings, new life, new hope. And that might mean is bringing us to somewhere, something very different from what's gone before. It's not going to be the same. It can't be the same. The experience of God's bringing new life out of a, a hopeless valley of dry bones is nothing short of Easter resurrection power that's going to transform us, that's going to change forever the life that we've known until now. Our New Testament passage presents us with another scene that shows us how God holds out hope for us in the bleakest situations. By this time, the setting isn't that of restoration after national or global catastrophe, but something much more intimate, much more personal among friends and family members. Jesus weeps at the death of a dear friend, Lazarus. I've often pointed to how Jesus weeping shows us his full humanity that he shares our human experience. But I wonder, could it be more accurate to say that it shows us just how fully divine he is? That this little episode gives us a glimpse of the heart of God, his compassion for us, his sadness for us, how he feels for us whenever we experience fear and confusion and the kind of loss and pain felt by these family friends, Martha and Mary, and the disciples. What could be more bleak than the picture of a sealed tomb and an inconsolable family? But there God is. There he is in the presence of Jesus, and his presence leads to hope and to transformation. For Jesus, this is a dangerous place for him to be. His coming to Bethany puts his own safety, his own life on the line. Just a short while ago, people of this area tried to seize him and to stone him. And his disciples are frightened and confused. Why would you want to go back there? But Jesus, in God's own time, goes to where this grieving family are. His love takes him to where Lazarus' body has already been decaying for four days. Wonder are you beginning to see the similarities here with Ezekiel's vision? What can anybody do for Lazarus now? It's too late, people would have been saying. Hope is gone, long gone. This too is surely the worst, most bleak, most hopeless situation anyone can imagine. Mary and Martha and all the family are so full of grief and disappointment that Jesus didn't come earlier while he still could have done something to save Lazarus, to heal him. What could he possibly do now? And of course we know the story. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God, Jesus says. And he asked them to take away the stone and he called to Lazarus, come out. Every bit as crazy as Ezekiel in his vision being commanded to say to those dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
those bones, those bones, those dry bones. But now, here's God, not in a vision, but in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, doing just that. And out steps Lazarus, wrapped in his grave clothes. The bad odour of death gone, in its place, the scent of spring, hope. And indeed, it's a similar story for Jesus, isn't it? The Easter story, one of suffering, that would in the end, in the power of God, lead to resurrection. Although it needs to be said that this was different from what Lazarus experienced. Lazarus was raised, Jesus was resurrected. But whether it be that valley of the shadow of death, whether it be a tomb that seems to contain nothing but death, or a blood-soaked wooden cross on a hill, or a pandemic-ridden fear-filled world, God is there, working to restore, working to bring about good, working to bring about new life. He's waiting to be discovered. Even when life takes on the bleakest appearance, he's there. And we have a choice to make. Just like Ezekiel, who had to stand up and prophesy to the dry bones, even when that was the most crazy, senseless, irrational thing. Just like Jesus' disciples had to step forward and roll aside that stone covering Lazarus' tomb, even when they feared the stench of decay and death that they believed was inside. We have a choice to make when we're confronted with these kinds of situations, bleak, hopeless situations in our world today. A choice to act and live in faith as witnesses to the power of God. We can witness to the God whose love is so great that he cannot bring himself to leave us alone in our fear and our hopelessness. We can witness to the love that he gives us for one another and the love of our neighbour that makes people know that we're his disciples. And of course we can witness to our faith in Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. When we are fearful, when we are despairing, when we are lacking hope, it may feel like we're gazing on a bleak, desolate valley full of bones. But a merciful, compassionate God whose power is infinite creates hope just when it's needed. Amen. Loving God, in this moment when we feel locked into a terrible set of circumstances, locked up in our homes, locked down by fear and uncertainty, help us to find freedom in faith, healing in hope, liberty in your love. In this time when tempers can get frayed in relationships, give us the fruit of your spirit in our lives, our homes, our dealings with one another in society. We pray for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Be especially with those who feel most isolated and alone. Grant them a deep sense of your presence through long days and lonely hours. Bring comfort and calm, strength and support. Help us to appreciate simple pleasures in a fresh way through our unusual circumstances. The blessing of home, the joy of loved ones, the view from our windows, the voice of a friend on the phone, 
Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for those who work in healthcare, whether they're nurses, porters, doctors, carers, ancillary staff or suppliers. We pray for their safety and for strength as they work. We pray for stamina and resilience. We pray for the NHS as staff cancel operations and reorganise services and learn how to best deal with this great upheaval. We pray for those who've been waiting for operations and now have to deal with the disappointment of their appointment being cancelled. Lord, grant to them patience while they continue to deal with their own discomfort and their pain. We pray too for first responders who are tasked with triaging, testing and treating increasing numbers of people who arrive in hospital suffering from the COVID-19 virus. Lord, give them patience, give them wisdom, give them a gentle spirit as they work to navigate fears and offer effective treatment. We pray for those who are presently unwell in hospital or at home and who needs God's who need God's loving touch because they're suffering the effects of COVID-19 or other illnesses. May they feel today your power of healing through the care of doctors and nurses. We pray, Lord, that you will take away the fear, anxiety and the feelings of isolation from people receiving treatment or presently under quarantine. We pray that those who are currently unwell would be patient as they take time to get better, that those they live with will be protected as well, protect their families and friends and bring peace to all who love them. And Lord, we pray too for the families of the people who have died. Comfort the brokenhearted and strengthen those who mourn, assuring them that you promise to be close. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And the blessing of God, Almighty Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.